88K News. It's 11 o'clock. I'm Steve Dunthorne. Tonight's headlines. Pressure grows on the power company and senior officials over last night's outage in the new territories. Regina Epps steps up as ex-co-convener with a vow to help incoming CE John Lee better explain his policies. And Covid cases rise further, but there are few serious infections. Lawmakers have criticised the companies that supplies power in the new territories after last night's fire on a cable bridge that caused a blackout affecting 160,000 homes. Tony Jair, who represents the architecture and planning sector, says CLP should revisit the design and use of the bridge. The DAB said it was unacceptable that key officials only clarified the situation after power had been restored to most homes. DAB lawmaker Ben Chan also said the power outage revealed the need to strengthen the SAR's infrastructure. The government claimed so long time they want to build a resilient cities. However, we see last night's incident, we cannot see how the resilient city in Hong Kong. Just one bridge can cause so many people have a dark night. So it is very serious. I do believe our government should reveal our resilient city's infrastructure. Lawmaker Regina Ibb says she's not going to quit the New People's Party nor resign as its chairwoman after being appointed Executive Council convener by CE-designate John Lee. Mrs Ibb says there's no conflict of interest as the role entails advising officials and helping to explain policy, noting that the chairs of other parties have served on the body. Meanwhile, the former security minister believes her experience will be helpful. Members of the Executive Council are appointed on an ad personam basis. Some of them may have links to political parties, but they are not chosen on the uh, question of the scale of the party. You know, um, the, the role of an executive councillor is to give advice to the chief executive and to help explain policies. And I have a widespread experience of government work as well as legislative work, so I think I am well qualified. Fellow ex-co member and lawmaker Jeffrey Lam gave his backing to Mrs. Epp. As a large member, she has been actively promoting Hong Kong, rectifying the nonsense that was created by overseas people. What we need is a strong convener that can promote Hong Kong, that can rebut all the nonsense created by the outside. Uh, she is a strong lady. And I'm glad to see her as the convener. Hong Kong recorded nearly 1,500 COVID cases today. 1,323 were local and 124 were imported. Dr. Chuan Shukwan from the Centre for Health Protection says although infections are rising, deaths and severe illnesses are not. We are seeing a slow increase, a gradual increase in number of cases recently. And there has been no signs of decreasing in the past few days. So we expect the cases will going up and may exceed 2,000 in the near future. So I think the most important is to monitor the hospital admission figures, severe and death cases. So far, we have not observed any obvious increase in the proportion in the actual number. President Xi Jinping has in a speech criticised sanctions on Russia, which he said would only bring about disaster. Our entire reports. The investigation has just begun. 
President Xi told the BRICS Business Forum that the Ukraine crisis is a wake-up call and warned against expanding military alliances and seeking one's own security at the expense of other countries' security. He also called for solidarity and cooperation to support a global economic recovery threatened by an epidemic and security challenges. He said stronger macroeconomic policy coordination is needed to prevent the global recovery from slowing or even being disrupted, adding that major developed countries should adopt responsible economic policies. Mr. Xi also took a swipe at U.S. and European Union sanctions on Russia in the BRICS opening speech, saying sanctions are a boomerang and a double-edged sword. And the weather. Cloudy periods overnight. Minimum temperature around 28 degrees. Fine and very hot during the day tomorrow. The maximum temperature about 33 degrees in the urban areas. A couple of degrees warmer in the new territories. Light to moderate southerly winds. And it's going to remain fine and very hot in the coming couple of days. The few showers coming in early next week. The very hot weather warning is in effect. Temperature 29 degrees. Humidity 82%. You're tuned to RTHK. The time is 5 minutes past 11. More now on our top story. The Fire Services Department says it will work with CLP and the police to investigate what caused a power transmission bridge to erupt in flames before collapsing last night, triggering a blackout of some 160,000 homes in the New Territories West. But it's believed to have been an accident, as Maggie Ho reports. The investigation has just begun, but Secretary for Security Chris Tang gave an update on the fire to lawmakers gathered for their weekly meeting. Our fire services and police colleagues were at the scene to check. The initial understanding is that the entrances to the bridge area were not damaged. At this stage, we don't have evidence to suggest that someone deliberately went there to damage it. But of course, we need our fire services colleagues to check up further to ascertain the cause of the fire. Earlier, a new territory's deputy fire chief, Hoi Wai Ming, told Commercial Radio that fires of this scale and nature have not been seen in Hong Kong in the past two decades. And the collapse of the cable bridge had made it even more difficult for firefighters to put out the blaze. A firefighting robot was used to tackle the blaze because of the high-voltage cables and the temperatures generated by the electrical fire. But Mr. Hoy said a probe cannot begin until the collapsed bridge is reinforced. You've seen how the bridge had collapsed in the middle of the fire. It was difficult for us to assess whether it will collapse more. In addition, there were high-voltage cables in there, around 130,000 watts. These elements have presented great difficulties for us. The deputy chief fire officer in New Territories North said the blaze had caused a huge number of other incidents, including over 80 reports of people trapped in lifts and over 20 fire alarms going off. Personnel and fire engines from other parts of the city were drafted in to help with the rescue effort, Mr. Hoy said, noting that no one was injured in the fire or the other incidents caused by the widespread power cut. Edward Lowe, a member of the Institution of Engineers, told an RTHK program that several factors may cause a power cable to catch fire. 
Usually in Hong Kong, around 6 p.m. to 7 p.m. is the peak hour for electricity usage. Especially because it was so hot yesterday, people go home and turn on the air conditioner, but offices were not closed yet and their air conditioners were still on. The current could have become too big, and if it went undetected and became overheated, it may catch fire. Mr. Lowe said a sudden jump in voltage caused by things like lightning could also lead to fire, as well as resistance being too high or too low, which could be caused by wear and tear of the cable. The expert said that's why an investigation is needed to find the exact cause of the blaze. A former worker at a scandal-hit foster home has been sentenced to four months in jail for assaulting a two-year-old boy. Hung Wen Shan admit, earlier admitted pulling the boy's limbs and pushing his head against a wall. The 46-year-old is one of 27 former workers at a home in Prince Edward charged with abuse. Overseas, the Taliban in Afghanistan have appealed for international help as the country reels from a devastating earthquake that's thought to have killed a huge number of people in the southeast of the country. A local official estimates that as many as a thousand may have died. The province of Paktika is the worst affected. Sam Mort from the UN Children's Agency UNICEF said rain was making rescue efforts more difficult. This is just a very impoverished community. It's a very remote community. It's very mountainous. The mud is, is making the roads difficult to, to travel. The buildings made of mud, they've crumbled. Um, trying to get people out of the rubble is difficult. We don't have any sophisticated equipment to do that. People are doing that with their hands. And of course, this is against a backdrop of communities of people who were, were starving, were, were suffering with the drought. This is not a, a strong and resilient population. The mayor of the city of Avalde in Texas says that the school where a gunman killed 19 children and two teachers last month will be demolished. Don McLaughlin made the announcement at a meeting with residents demanding answers over the shooting. Earlier, the official in charge of the state's public safety, Steve McCraw, told a hearing that the police response to the attack had been an abject failure. Three minutes after the subject entered the West Building, there were sufficient number of armed officers wearing body armor to isolate, distract, and neutralize the subject. The only thing stopping a hallway of dedicated officers from entering room 111 and 112 was the on-scene commander, who decided to place the lives of officers before the lives of children. The British government is putting forward a Bill of Rights which would allow it to override rulings made by the European Court of Human Rights in Strasbourg. Critics say the proposal will erode freedoms and put too much power in the hands of the government. But the Deputy Prime Minister, Dominic Raab, says reforms are needed. The driving motivation is safeguard freedom under the rule of law, which means we strengthen things like free speech where we have a strong, proud tradition, but we also curb abuses of the system, sometimes under the guise of human rights, which, for example, in the case of foreign national offenders claiming a, an elastic right to family life, give human rights a bad name. Big stars, including Billie Eilish, will be performing at this year's Glastonbury Festival, which is back after a three-year hiatus because of the pandemic. A crowd of 200,000 expected to attend the British Festival. Many people arrived last night, hoping to get the best camping spots. I've got quite a comfy chair, so I'll probably get some sleep. How long have you been waiting for here? Uh, about four hours so far. We've got uh, 
Five litres of Richie's local cider. We're going to probably oh, drink. We've talked about what we want to eat as soon as we get in there. None of you knew each other. No. You all know each other now. Yeah. Now, are you going to be friendly when the gates open and remember each other and be polite and let each other go first? Or is it, right, I'm going, bye? No, I think we'll all look after <laughs> each other. We're getting, get, all getting at the same time. Glastonbury love. In sport, Hong Kong's women's cricket team have completed the clean sweep of their group at the Asian T20 Championship after another strong performance in Kuala Lumpur. With a place in the semi-finals already secured, Hong Kong advanced as Group B winners by beating Kuwait by 30 runs. Batting first, the SAR reached 90 for 8 in tw- 20 overs. They then skittled their opponents out for 60. Marianne Bibby took four wickets for just eight runs to earn Player of the Match honours. The head of the Hong Kong Rugby Union says it's waiting for the government to sign off on its plans to hold the Hong Kong Sevens in November and will make a decision within a few weeks. Robbie McRobbie said he was confident the event could be held safely under an Olympic-style closed-loop system to limit the spread of COVID-19. He began by telling Samantha Butler that it was understandable that the opening of two of the Kaitak Sports Park's main venues was delayed by one year, but it was not the end of the world. Given what's happened in the, in the last couple of years, it's not a huge surprise. Really, from a from a rugby sevens point of view, doesn't particularly affect us. It just means we've got another year left at the, the existing iconic stadium in Sokompo. So actually, it sounds like you you'll be feeling a bit nostalgic when you can't go to the Hong Kong Stadium anymore. <laughs> actually, for me, I, I live opposite the new uh, the new Kai Tak Stadium, so it'd be very convenient for me. No, look, I mean, a, a lot of people have got very fond memories about the existing stadium, so we'll certainly be planning if 2024 is now the, the last sevens in the old stadium, we'll be, we'll be planning a, a pretty special send-off for it. So what can you tell us about this year's Rugby Sevens and whether or not it's going to go ahead? <laughs> yeah, so we're still waiting for the final green light from, from the government on the plan that we've proposed. I think that there are still challenges that remain. In order to put the event on without any significant risk to, to public health um, is obviously the objective, and that will involve considerable additional expenditures, what it normally costs us to put on the sevens. So, you know, we, we, we have to make sure that what we're doing is, is both feasible and affordable. Once we hopefully get the green light from the government, that will, that will be the job of myself and my team and the board over, over the next few weeks, just to make sure before we, we push that final go button that we're confident that we'll be able to deliver a Hong Kong Sevens that will be fun and enjoyable and affordable. And uh, what's the deadline then? How much time do you need to arrange the event? We're looking to make a decision in the next few weeks. So as soon as we hopefully get a positive indication from government, then it'll just take us another couple of weeks to, I would say, come to that final decision and, and finalise the plan. So cer- certainly um, within the month of July, we'll, we'll be making the final decision. Novak Djokovic and Iga Swiatek are the number one seed at this year's Wimbledon, which gets underway on Monday. More from the BBC's Paul Saras. The defending champion Novak Djokovic is the top seed for this year's Wimbledon Championships, which begin on Monday. The world number one Daniil Medvedev of Russia is banned from the event because of his country's invasion of Ukraine, while Germany's second-ranked Alexander Zverev misses the championships because of injury. Rafael Nadal, winner of the first two Grand Slam events of the year in Australia and France, is seeded second. Poland's world number one Iga Swiatek will be the women's top seed, with Estonian Annette Kontaveit the number two. A reminder of our top stories, pressure grows on the power company and senior officials over last night's outage in the new territories and Covid cases rise further but with few serious infections. The news from RTHK.
It's a marvelous night for a moon dance with the stars up above in your eyes. A fantabulous night to make romance neat the cover of October skies. You know the leaves on the trees are falling to the sound of the breezes that blow. You know I'm trying to please to the calling of your heart strength that plays soft and low. You know the night's magic seem to whisper and hush. You know the soft moonlight seems to shine. You just blush. Tonight, I can't wait till the morning has come. And I know now the time is just right. And straight into my arms you will run. And when you come, my heart will be waiting to make sure that you're never alone. There and then, all my dreams will come true, dear. There and then, I will make you my own. And every time.
Morrison's moon dance, of course. A little bit cloudy at times in the sky here in Hong Kong. I don't know if you can get a glimpse of the moon or not. It's not October either, come to think of it. But it'd be a shame if you only played it once a year. Lovely song. If you want a song of your own, it's Radio Pete at Gmail. <laughs> 